0: We weathered in this country uh, Hurricane Harvey and Hurricane Irma, and now we're back to worrying about <laughs> Storm Donald. It's, uh... <laughs> Yes, it's true. everywhere.
1: Yes, I'm stuck in
0: From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast as heard on KPFK, 90.7 FM in LA, 98.7 FM in Santa Barbara, 93.7 in San Diego, 99.5 in Ridgecrest and China Lake, California. In Oregon on 91.7 KYAQ on the Central Coast, 106.7 Queso in Cottage Grove. In Lancaster, Pennsylvania on 92.9 WLRI, in Maui, Hawaii on 88.5 KAKU, in Columbus, Ohio on WGRN 94.1, Palinville, New York's 102.9 WLPP, Grand Rapids, Michigan's WPRR, New Orleans' WHIV 102.3, Washington, D.C.'s 105.5, and Minneapolis, St. Paul's AM 950 KTNF. We are also heard streaming coast-to-coast and around the globe every day on the internets. Every day, a fresh show streaming on the Progressive Voices channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, GDPR Revolution 99, Deprogrammed Radio, Detour Talk, and Radio Sputnik. Blanketing Planet Earth five days a week, I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, all-around swell fellow, says me from bradblog.com. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, well, the <laughs> the past week has been yet another insane week. And at the end of every week, I keep thinking, wow, that was an incredible week like we will never see again. And then we have another week that is even crazier. So I got a lot to talk about today, uh, including some late-breaking news that is encouraging I should say, uh, in regard to the GOP's desperate hope to uh, pass a repeal to the Affordable Care Act or Obamacare before their ability to do so with only 50 votes evaporates in the Senate, Uh, that that will uh, that will happen in just a few days if they can't get something done, something passed here. Uh, but anyway, i got a lot to talk about, but you can entirely derail me uh, and the show if you like, or you can try, by giving us a call. We are live in the studio today, 818-985-5735, if you're listening live in the Southern California area or anywhere across this globe. 818-985-5735, I'm open to what whatever you might want to talk about uh, after this past week. Of more record hurricanes, deadly earthquakes, the madness of this week's first appearance by Donald Trump at a UN General Assembly and all that came with it, various reported developments into the special counsel investigation of Team Trump, the GOP healthcare madness, Bernie Sanders' Medicare for all legislation, and of course, the nuclear gamesmanship. Now being played out between Donald Trump and North Korea's Kim Jong-un also, if time allows a, a reminder of the importance of the United Nations and the ability of the world to come together, yes, to successfully craft climate policy that, yes, can save the planet. Uh, so uh, hopefully we'll get to that. That reminder about uh, all of all of that on the 30th anniversary of the Montreal Protocol. Uh, anyway, your thoughts on any or all of the above, or anything else you'd like to mention or ask me about, at 818-985-5735. I want to start with North Korea, but um, but we've got some disturbing news uh, coming in the uh, coming in the fallout from the record hurricane. Maria and its devastation across the U.S. territory of Puerto Rico, where the power is still out. Desi Doyen, the power is still out across the entire island as far as we know?
1: Oh, yes, absolutely. It is. It is out. And,
0: uh, And it may continue to be out for weeks and even months. Right. But now we have this new problem Uh, late today, uh, Des. A a dam is failing there from all of the rainfall the island suffered over the past several days? Yes.
1: So emergency evacuations are now underway in northwestern Puerto Rico. Um, That's uh, because Hurricane Maria's floods, the rain caused floods, which are causing the dam to fail. That's according to the National Weather Service. They say that the Wajataka Dam is failing, and that's according to officials in San Juan who say that about 210, Eastern P- Eastern Time today, it began to fail. It has not catastrophically failed. It seems to be in the process of failing. So oh. the evacuations are underway. There are two downstream towns that are being evacuated. There are about 25,000 people in population. So in harm's way right harm's now. Way if way this right dam gives, yeah. yeah. So, um, And that's, not, of course, not the only problems that uh, Puerto Rico is having, not just this uh, immediate, possibly catastrophic failure, but not yet. Um, also, the electricity being out is causing actually a, uh, a public health crisis yep. because the sewage system in, across Puerto Rico is run on electric pumps. So with no power, they have no sewage, and they also have no water treatment, and they can't get clean drinking water to any of the locations. So and they're could- having issues with standing water, mosquitoes waterborne diseases, it's its a widespread problem. And
0: temperatures pushing 100 degrees, and right. this could go on for weeks and possibly months. Yes.
1: And also, as we've noted many times in our Green News report, mm-hmm. Puerto Rico is al- already suffering from a, a very major deep financial crisis. Yep. And they already suffered about a billion dollars in damage from Hurricane Irma. And uh, it'll be interesting to see if the U.S. Senate and Republicans who run the U.S. Senate will... Uh, appropriate uh, dis- disaster funds, emergency relief, and recovery and rebuilding relief for Puerto Rico, which, as everybody knows, is a U.S. territory.
0: Well, I don't know that everybody knows that, actually. I'm not sure that they, these are U.S. citizens we're talking about. And Congress exactly. seems too busy uh, trying to take people's health care away. Maybe they're maybe they're doing them a favor by uh, uh, having the power out in Puerto Rico and uh, if it comes with uh, death Uh, Just, you know, fewer people that have to be covered as they may see it. But, you know, maybe I'm cynical after this past week. Go figure. Thank you for that update, uh, Des, and if anything else uh, uh, breaks, so to speak, yeah, do. on that Wahataka Dam uh, situation, please let us know. Alright, I want to start with uh, with North Korea as I mentioned, because among other, th- other reasons on that, I-, I have a correction. And uh, I- so I'd like to put up corrections whenever possible. I follow a bunch of uh, Asian news sources, journalists and news services and I cited one of them on the broadcast just a few days ago um, that that seems to have uh, shown up in my feed called the DPRK news service that's the uh, Democratic People's Republic of Korea news service and I quoted them in response to Trump's tough guy act at uh, at the UN General Assembly against North Korea earlier in the week. Uh, After he called North Korea leader Kim Jong-un rocket man and threatened to totally destroy North Korea during his remarks from the dais at the U.N., I reported on this show that the DPRK News Service had tweeted not long after those statements, uh, Donald Trump's uh, statements, that North Korea had dismissed, quote, impotent threats by international shouting magnate Donald Trump, as the twitchings of a dog licking its flea-riddled scrotum. Now, that was uh, that was amusing, uh, but it's also, you know, a lot like the uh, statements that are often put out by North Korea. But in this case, yes, it sounded like something North Korea might say and often does say after translation to English. But they did not say that. Yes, even I got punked this time around by fake news. That quote from the DPRK News Service, as as good and North Korean sounding as it might have been, was actually from a parody account. Now, uh, Washington Post has reported that the DPRK News Service account, though a parody, is apparently a very persuasive one, that much larger news outlets than I, uh, than me, uh, such as Newsweek and BuzzFeed, and yes, even the Washington Post, have taken for real in the past. So I'll I'll take some solace from that. Uh, And it did cross my mind, by the way, that the turn of phrase, while North Korea-ish, was actually much better grammar and English than most of the English-translated North, uh, North Korea state news services that I follow. So maybe I should have known, but yes, they got me. I apologize for that error. That said... Uh, on Thursday, in the first official response by his government to Trump's remarks about destroying North Korea uh, at the u n, the North Korean Foreign minister in New York, um, who has been there for the past uh, week for the u n General Assembly himself, he said something that is not altogether dissimilar, if not quite as profane as that uh, that that parody account. So uh, this was in response to Trump's threatening remarks. Uh, North Korean Foreign Minister Ri Yong-ho said he, quote, felt sorry for the president's advisers after Trump's fiery speech to the U.N. on Tuesday, Uh, on on Wednesday, actually, in his country's first response to Trump's speech, Ri said, quote, there is a saying that goes, even when dogs bark, the parade goes on. If he was thinking he could scare us with the sound of a dog barking, that's really a dog dream. Ree told reporters outside his hotel in New York, uh, "In in uh, Korean, dog dream is one that is absurd and makes little sense," according to CNN. When asked about Trump's use of the Rocket Man nickname, Ree said, "I feel sorry for his aides." Though Trump's speeches uh, typically employ colorful rhetoric, CNN noted, threatening another country with destruction was unprecedented for a U.S. president. And, uh, and took diplomats aback. But, of course, that was not where this ended. On Thursday night, the North Korean foreign minister said that uh, that they are considering lighting off a hydrogen bomb over the Pacific Ocean. North Korea could test a powerful nuclear weapon over the Pacific in response to U.S. President Donald Trump's threats of military action, The according to the foreign minister. Uh, Rhee told uh, reporters in New York uh, shortly after North Korean leader Kim Jong-un made an unprecedented televised statement accusing Trump of being, quote, mentally deranged um, that they may set off a hydrogen bomb test over the Pacific in response to these remarks from Trump in a rare statement delivered straight to camera. Uh, Kim Jong Un said that Trump would "quote pay dearly for the threats" and that North Korea will consider with seriousness exercising of a corresponding highest level of hardline countermeasure in history. That's how the uh, it was translated. Uh, he said, "I am now thinking hard about what response he could have expected when he allowed such eccentric words to trip off his tongue. I will surely and definitely." tame the mentally deranged u.s dotard some people may prefer dotard but it's dotard uh, with fire Kim said Trump's comments were reflective of mentally deranged behavior Uh <laughs> The uh, handful of North Korea analysts believe that uh, Kim's response, the the first time that he has ever done that, ever released that any North Korean leader has ever released a first person statement like that, that that could likely show that uh, Kim took Trump's speech very, very personally. This is unprecedented, as far as we can tell, said Vipin Narong, a professor of political science at MIT and an expert on deterrence and nuclear policy. It's written by him. It's signed by him. He was clearly offended by the speech. And what concerns me, says Narong, uh, what concerns me most is the response he says he is considering. The message is chilling, Narong said. Now, many, of course, are playing up the threats by uh, Kim Jong-un in response to Trump's own threatening rhetoric. But if you look beyond the scary quotes that the media are pulling from that statement, uh, that admittedly sound kind of crazy, just like Trump's statements, frankly. But Kim's statements uh, don't seem, uh, as Trump has subsequently charged, to be the ravings of a madman. From Kim's full, unprecedented first-person statement, if you look at what he said in these remarks that were lit, were released on Friday by the North Korean state news agency, um, he doesn't sound that uh, crazy, uh, you know, as he is characterized in the U.S. corporate media. Here's uh, some of his full statement. He says the speech made by the U.S. president in his maiden address on the U.N. arena in the prevailing serious circumstances in which the situation on the Korean peninsula has been rendered tense as never before and is inching closer to a touch and go state is arousing worldwide concern. I expected he would make stereotyped, prepared remarks a little different from what he used to utter in his office on the spur of the moment as he had to speak on the world's biggest official diplomatic stage. But far from making remarks of any persuasive power that can be viewed to be helpful to diffusing tension, he made unprecedented, rude nonsense one has never heard from any of his predecessors. A frightened dog barks louder, said Kim in this statement. He said, I'd like to advise Trump to exercise prudence in selecting words and to be considerate of whom he speaks to when making a speech in front of the world. The mentally deranged behavior of the U.S. president openly expressing on the U.N. arena the unethical will to totally destroy a sovereign state beyond the boundary of threats of regime change or overturn of social system makes even those with normal thinking faculty think about discretion and composure. In other words, Kim is suggesting that had Trump had Trump even called for regime change or even revolution of the North Korean people, he might not have been so uh, personally uh, offended, so disturbed by Trump's remarks, but instead Trump referred to the complete destruction of North Korea. Now, how do you suppose an American leader might take offense uh, at a world leader who called for totally destroying the entire U.S.? Kim said, and especially so in uh, in the Asian culture, I mean, uh, to, to personally insult someone like that and to say you're going to kill, essentially, kill everyone in their country... And anyway, uh, in any uh, regard, back to Kim here, he says uh, about Trump, his remarks remind me of such words as political layman and political heretic, which were in vogue in reference to Trump during his presidential election campaign. His remarks, which describe the U.S. option through straightforward expression of his will, have convinced me rather than frightening or stopping me that the path I chose is correct and that it is the one I have to follow to the last. Now that Trump has denied the existence of and insulted me and my country in front of the eyes of the world and made the most ferocious declaration of a war in history that he would destroy the DPRK, Democratic People's Republic of Korea, we will consider that with seriousness exercising of a corresponding highest level of hardline countermeasure in history. Action is the best option in treating the dotard who, hard of hearing, is uttering only what he wants to say. Uh, for, for the record, dotard uh, is a somewhat archaic English term that generally refers to an old person, especially one who has become weak or senile, according to uh, Merriam-Webster. Kim finished his remarks by saying, as a man representing the DPRK and on behalf of the dignity and honor of my state and people and on my own, I will make the man holding the prerogative of the Supreme Command in the U.S. pay dearly for his speech, calling for totally destroying the DPRK. This is not a rhetorical expression loved by Trump. I am now thinking hard about what response he could have expected when he allowed such eccentric words To trip off his tongue, whatever Trump might have expected, says Kim, he will face results beyond his expectation. I will surely and definitively tame the mentally deranged U.S. dotard with fire. So this is all going very, very well. Uh, Trump, in response on Friday morning, uh, took to Twitter. Naturally, he returned uh, the rhetorical fire, tweeting Kim Jong-un of North Korea, who is obviously a madman who doesn't mind starving or killing his own people, will be tested like never before. Now, it should be known that if Donald Trump is actually concerned in any way about starving or killing North Koreans, uh, the increasing sanctions that he keeps piling on the country will not help in that regard. Uh, I hope to talk about that in a future show. Uh, That's one of the reasons why even South Korea, even South Korea, the leader of South Korea has now said they will be sending millions of dollars in aid to the North Korean people uh, following these sanctions. Despite being the, the, you know, South Korea is the first in the line of fire with the North should war break out and as to killing. Uh, his people, as uh, Trump is accusing uh, uh, Kim here. Well, it's Donald Trump who is threatening fire and fury against the entire nation of North Korea and totally destroying the country. So while these responses back and forth may be amusing to some, the uh, ravings of of two madmen, frankly, uh, I see them as damned serious and not all that amusing. And the question is, where does all of this end? What is Donald Trump's end game here? Because if it's to get uh, Kim Jong un to denuclearize, as Trump claims, well, that doesn't seem to be working. So, what's uh, Trump's game here? What's the end game for all of this? How does this end? uh or Kim Jong Un's uh, end game for that matter taking your calls on this and where this dangerous game can possibly end up at this point 818-985-5735 is our phone number uh love to hear your thoughts on this because i, I just don't see how this ends well neither of these guys seem to be seem to have any interest in backing down. And even if you think the U.S. is so powerful and so strong in our military and our military can completely destroy another sovereign nation, uh, even if you believe that's the case, well, you know, maybe we can. But not before the deaths of tens of thousands of not just North Koreans but potentially tens of thousands of our own uh, our own allies and our own U.S. citizens and military members who are uh, who are stationed in, uh, in South Korea, in Japan, and so forth. 818-985-5735 is our phone number. Um, i got to get to a, a break here shortly, but let me see if I can fit in a call or two. Mike in Los Angeles, welcome to the broadcast, sir. Thank
2: you, and I'm so relieved to hear you and Desi on the air. I was beginning to fear you'd gone into the witness protection program.
0: No, not yet. Event, not yet.
2: <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to observe that I'm a very old man, and I never before in my life have heard two world leaders exchanging the sort of puerile insults that these two are doing. And if either of them really wants to destroy the other country, they should just change jobs.
0: <laughs> How you mean just, just, just quit being uh, the, the leader of the countries?
2: No, Trump should be the leader of North Korea, and Kim (laughs) Jong-un should be the leader of the United States. They're both very effective at destroying countries, from what I can see.
0: It sure does seem like that. Thanks, Mike. I I appreciate the call and uh, and the well wishes. 818-985-5735. I really don't know how this ends, and I don't know, maybe... Uh, Maybe this is amusing for, uh, uh, you know, for for Donald Trump out there in Washington, D.C. I don't think it's quite as amusing for those of us who are on the West Coast. I'm not sure what the effects are of a hydrogen bomb, even a test hydrogen bomb that is set off over the uh, over the Pacific. Uh, You know, what effect that is going to have on a whole bunch of people uh, between uh, between the Korea, the uh, Korean Peninsula and and here on the west coast 818-985-5735 is our phone number let's go to sheila in la hey sheila welcome to the broadcast hello hi
3: so i'm really enjoying your show and um just my question is if we are dealing with a crazy person why can't we impeach him
0: well, we can impeach him. We can. Uh, th- that's a good question uh, for uh, a the uh, certainly the Republicans who uh, who have the majority in the House, where uh, any uh, uh, impeachment proceedings would need to start. But it's also a good question for Democrats, because as a, as far as I know, there's about two or three Democrats who have filed articles of impeachment. But other than that. Uh, they're sort of sitting back and saying, oh, no, let's just uh, take the majority instead in 2018 and then worry about it. I think uh, we ought to be worrying about it right now and we ought to be, uh, you know, taking action immediately in that regard. But you know what? Call your congressperson. Their number is 202-224-3121. Talk to them about it, okay? Thank you. Thank you Sheila. Let me go to uh Dale in Anaheim. Hey Dale, welcome to the broadcast.
2: Hey, hello, Brad. what's uh, you know, this is a thought I just wanted to interject in the in the narrative here that uh you remember that the enemy of the military-industrial military, complex is peace, mm-hmm. okay? So, uh if we if if the the gen, gen out the crowd into a hysteria of uh, fear, then they can justify. Uh, we well, we need more cruise missiles, we mm-hmm. need more nuclear arms, and uh, the military-industrial complex, which is running away with the treasury at the present. And there's we look at all these uh, uh, con- conflictions. You know that he's literally. Uh, sending missiles into the sea of Japan. South Korea is coming back with, well, listen, if uh, they're going to put sanctions on you, we're going to make sure you're fed and taken care of. And so the the thing of it is, uh, we're, we're I think there's a big game being played on all the people everywhere uh, for the sake of somebody's profit. And uh, the 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 one thing that they can't have is a nuclear war. Because that's uh, mutually assured destruction.
0: Yep. Well, they certainly can have that. And you know what? That may, if, if you were calling in and saying that about uh, George W. Bush, if uh, Mitt Romney, uh, even Hillary Clinton, frankly, or, or Barack Obama, I'd say, uh, yeah, it's part of the game. In this case, I don't know that Donald Trump is in on that game, Dale. Uh, I don't think he gets it. And uh, the idea that he is uh, pushing this thing farther and farther, uh, I yeah, think, yeah, is...
2: You have to remember that yep. uh, his supporters are the one percent who own it, and uh, it's in their interest to uh, it, you know he he plays the outlier, but he 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 lives as a billionaire. So to think that the the average Joe in Ohio's interests are going to be looked after from one of the one percenters is just delusional, you know. And yep. so he's he's a good actor, you know. Hmm. Uh, yeah. And, and, He's doing a, and 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 you know, this guy in North Korea. It's funny how, how hysterically happy he is, that uh, you know it's good cop bad cop. That's that's what I see. I just see a game being played on ignorant people, mm-hmm. uh, for for nefarious purposes mainly Going. to make money.
0: I I appreciate that thought, Dale. And uh, Donald Trump may be an actor. I'm not enjoying the sh- the uh the reality show all that much, and i I don't find that uh, Kim jong un was particularly happy about uh about those remarks, but maybe I read them wrong. uh let's get in another call here before our break. Patricia in Orange County. Hey Patricia, welcome to the broadcast.
3: Hey, thank you. so I have two I have one ridiculous and one serious comment, so I'll do a serious one first. The so serious one would be like Trump found someone easy to pick on because he's basically a bully. So North Korea is not that powerful, he figures he can beat them up, right? Mm, yeah. I mean, Kim jong just is a little smarter than Trump was counting on. Yep. But then the second one, you know, which goes with the whole conspiracy theory thing, is like if Trump were owned by Russia, like this could make a good movie, Trump is owned by Russia, and then he attacks North Korea, then they... Bomb the Pacific Ocean, which creates creates this big tidal wave that goes over California and then China invades. So that's my. Oh
4: <laughs> man!
3: So that's my thought. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, well, talk about movies. Yeah, that that's quite a theory. Uh, although,
3: although movie, you know well, what. It's- I will know. Not a real theory. It's just a it's just like a crazy. Yeah, no, timeline. I know.
0: I know. And and I appreciate it. I could use it after yeah. a week like you this. I don't laugh. mind it at all. You
3: need to laugh on Friday. That, yeah. that
0: said, That's it, Patricia. Uh China, since you mentioned China, China actually has a treaty with North Korea and an obligation if uh North Korea is attacked in any way, China has the obligation uh, to join them and fight back at whoever the attackers are. So, well, yeah.
3: Well, then, then it may not be far-fetched, because there is a book in China about how to destroy the U.S., and it starts with, don't attack the military, attack them economically. And so we've already got that going on. We And then and yeah. then you get a crazy president in like Trump, and so, you know, I guess it could be possible.
1: You
0: know. Yep. Uh, thanks, Patricia. I appreciate the okay. call. Uh, 818-985-5735 is our phone number. Okay, one more, because uh, I want to come back with uh, more of your calls on North Korea and anything else you want to talk about. But uh, we've got some, let's call it good news when it comes to health care. But very quickly here, Mitch in Torrance. Hey, Mitch, welcome to the broadcast.
5: Hey, thank you. Um, my comment is that with regard to the stiffening of the sanctions on North Korea, I think what's driving that is maybe the only thing that Donald can't stiffen. The
0: the only okay, I see where you're going there, Mitch. I got you. I appreciate that. Uh, thank you. the uh, the the fact is these, well, you know what, we're going to talk about this. We've been uh, trying to book this guest to talk about uh, Korea and the effects uh, the real effects of these sanctions and this notion that somehow this is going to uh, what Kim Jong-un is going to say, oh okay, I give up. i'll'll I'll do away with my ballistic missile program. I'll do away with my with my uh, n- nuclear program. And w- why would he? You got Donald Trump this week talking about breaking the deal with Iran that was, you know, took years to to put in place, this nuclear deal to stop Iran from having a path to a nuclear weapon. And Donald Trump is talking about breaking that deal, even though the U.S. on Thursday certified, along with all of the other countries, and including the uh, the, the IAEA, the International Atomic Energy Association, they all certified that Iran is in compliance, and yet Donald Trump is talking about breaking that deal anyway. So why would anyone want to make a deal with Donald Trump? We talked about that a little bit on yesterday's program uh, as well. Um, all right, let me uh, get to a quick break. I know a lot of you want to get in on this. we got a lot to cover today. 818-985-5735 is our phone number. Um, back with uh, with your calls and, as I say, some good news, some encouraging news on health care, although I should, uh, I'll quote uh, Senator Brian Schatz's tweet, a Democrat from uh, Hawaii who says, This bill is not dead yet. You can relax on October 1. They never let up and neither can we. That story and more is next on the Bradcast. I'm Brad Friedman. Don't go away. Hey, this is Brad. We really need your support now more than ever. Progressive media outlets have been under attack for years, even during supposedly progressive administrations. We are now facing a whole new world and real alternatives to the mainstream corporate media. You know, the folks who got it all wrong from the jump must be able to continue the fight for all of us. This is not a drill. It never was. Please consider a donation to our work here on the Bradcast by stopping by bradblog.com donate to help out however you can. A monthly pledge is greatly appreciated, but anything you can share will keep us going. That's bradblog.com donate. And please consider supporting whichever progressive media outlet is serving you. Most, just like us, do not receive corporate or political support. We all need your support to keep up the resistance now more than ever. From Desi Doyen and myself, thank you.
3: One thing I can tell you is you've got to be free. Come together right
0: now. Over me. Yeah. Come together. That'd be nice. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from Bradblog.com with you here. uh, More of your calls in a moment. Hang on the line. We're going to try to get to everybody if we can. 818-985-5735 is our phone number uh, regarding uh, Trump and North Korea. And where the hell does this end? What is the end game? I see right now. Nothing good uh, coming of this. Um, So more of your calls on that or anything else you'd like to talk about today. 818-985-5735. A new poll today finds that just 24 percent of voters support the Graham-Cassidy Obamacare repeal bill. The poll from Public Policy Polling finds that less than a quarter of respondents approve of the Senate GOP's latest repeal and replacement bill. 50 percent disapprove. The low comes as the Senate is heading toward a possible vote on the legislation in the week ahead. And backers are still trying frantically to rally support for this. These are Republicans in the U.S. Senate trying everything they can to to pass a bill to repeal and replace the Affordable Care Act. And they got to do it within the next week because after that, in the next week, they can do it with 50 votes Due to Senate rules that I won't bother to explain after that, however, it will take 60 votes in order to overcome a filibuster in order to gut Obamacare. Um, The uh, Senate uh, is talking about voting uh, in the coming days without even waiting for a congressional budget office analysis of the effect on uh, on premiums and the number of people who would lose coverage. A new analysis of the bill out today from Brookings Institution finds that at least at least 21 million fewer Americans would have health care coverage from uh, by 2026 under the Senate Republican plan. Uh, That 21 million number they note uh, in this analysis, quote, likely underestimates the reductions in insurance coverage because it doesn't take into account difficulties states may face setting up their own health systems, according to the nonprofit uh, policy group. Yes, that's right. These block grants that you may have heard about, that they're going to convert the premium subsidies under the Affordable Care Act and the Medicaid expansion, they're going to convert that to block grants to let each state manage a fixed amount of money pretty much any way they like and to do that these states are all going to have to essentially create their own health care insurance system from the ground up and they've got to do it by uh, by 2020 they got to do it in two years and there's no funding for that by the way uh, so that's on top of these huge cuts to funding for health care that is included in this terrible, terrible bill that Republicans do not want to let the Congressional Budget Office take a look at before they vote on it. Because they know it's going to come back and it's going to say pretty much what Brookings did, that, you know, at least 20 million are going to be losing uh, their their health coverage. Public policy polling found that 68 percent of voters said that lawmakers should wait to get that analysis from the CBO. But of course, they can't wait. The Republicans can't wait because their chance to gut Obamacare with only 50 votes out of the 52 person Republican caucus in the Senate ends um, at the end of the month, after which they'll have to find those 60 votes. But hey, the bill is more popular. This one is is more popular than the previous effort to overturn Obamacare at 24 percent. Uh, It's more popular than the effort back in June, which was only uh, which garnered 12 percent, according to uh, USA Today's Suffolk University poll back then. Of course, we knew more about that bill than we do about this current still secret bill, um, as there was a bit more time to educate the public about it. But here is the encouraging news before we get back to your calls. Senator John McCain, who was the decisive no vote on the GOP's last attempt to uh, to kill Obamacare, and he's uh, Lindsey Graham's, who's the lead author of this thing. He's his best buddy, as you know. Uh, John McCain said today that he will not vote for the Republican bill, uh, bill to repeal the Obamacare health law. His statement, as it's being reported uh, by AP here, likely deals a fatal blow to the last gasp. GOP measure in the Senate. The Arizona Republican says he can't back the partisan GOP measure because, quote, we could do better working together, Republicans and Democrats. He says he can't back it without knowing the proposal's impact on insurance coverage and premiums. And uh, that's, of course, because the nonpartisan CBO has uh, w- will not be able to have their full estimates ready by the uh, by the next week. So John McCain, for now, at least, says he is out. Kentucky Senator Rand Paul says he will oppose the bill, though I don't trust uh, Rand Paul as far as I can throw him, and I could throw him pretty far. <laughs> and uh, and Maine Senator Susan Collins says she is leaning against it. So, so far, not enough votes to pass this thing. But as Ryan Grimm notes uh, in an in, in an email today from uh, Ryan Grimm at The Intercept, uh, the Social Security Act was enacted in 1934 and not a day goes by without... Some right wing organization thinking about how to go after the old age and disability insurance program. So, too, he says, will be the case with the Affordable Care Act unless it's ultimately supplanted by some version of single payer, in which case that will be the new target. So it's not right to say that the assault on Obamacare is over, but he cites uh, the announcement by John McCain as encouraging And there are still a few other Republicans who are uh, who have not come out one way or another on this bill. You might want to let your senator know how you feel about it. I would not rest, at least not until October 1. Uh, You can call your senator again at 202-224-3121. You can call me. That's that's, that's, uh, 202-224-3121. Write that down. As far as me, you can get me at 818-985-5735. Let's go to Lee in Encino. Hey, Lee, welcome to the broadcast.
2: Hey, how's it going? My uh, question's pretty quick. I know the chances of Paul Ryan uh, actually taking it up is pretty slim, but for actual articles of impeachment to actually go through, isn't it true that 24 congressmen or House representatives have to actually start their articles? Is it 24? Is that number correct? I heard
0: that the other day. No, it's not. I I think that 24 number uh, may come from what they would have to win over from the Republican side in the U.S. House. There's a uh, 24-member—Republicans have 24 members more than Democrats, essentially, in the U.S. House. So I guess to get a majority, that's—I'm guessing, just guessing that's where that 24 number probably comes from. So, yeah, you have to get at least— presuming all of the Democrats would come on board with impeachment. I don't know if that's a safe assumption, but assuming, uh, uh, presuming that you have to get all the Democrats and then at least 24 uh, Republicans. Does that sound about right?
5: Yeah, it sounds right.
0: All right. Thanks, Thanks, Lee. I appreciate the call. 818-985-5735. Alan in Corona, welcome to the broadcast, sir.
5: Hello. Hello. Yes. Hi. Um, I think uh, Kim is is absolutely brilliant. I think he's looked around the world and seen how we deal with countries that have no nuclear capabilities. Mm -hmm. And to get any respect for the United States, he has that. Plus, he's got, what is it, 10,000 missiles pointed at Seoul, where if they do go off, it destroys Samsung and Hyundai factories where, you know, white Americans, Christian Americans have money invested, mm-hmm. and we certainly don't want to have anything happen to that. So basically, Trump really can't do anything. Yep. I, mean, I mean, there's nothing the man can really do. He can bluster. He can, he can make noise. He can say, rocket man. But right here, it looks like Kim holds the whip hand, because he does have nuclear power, and he does have power over American money things that we would just be terrified of anything happening to.
0: Now, do you get the impression that Donald Trump, uh, Alan, is uh, you know, under the idea, you know, since really the only thing he knows about foreign policy is what he sees on movies and TV and what they say in uh, on Fox News. Do you think uh, Trump is under the impression that American forces are so fierce and so overwhelming that all we have to do is attack uh, North Korea with such overwhelming force that they'll never be able to respond And in that way, we will, as Trump says, totally destroy North Korea and everyone other than that will live happily ever after. Do you think Trump is foolish enough to believe that uh, that he could actually get away with that?
5: Well, I think he has some senior dementia and there is some part of his mind that believes that. But he was initially trained in the 80s, I believe it was, by Roy Cohn who trained uh, Joe McCarthy and a young Richard Nixon, where you just attack, 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 and, and you never stop, and you never back up yep. until somebody forces you. And, and Roy Cohn, whatever horrible man, he died, you know, with no longer being a, a lawyer, being uh, broke and everything else. And all Trump knows to do is to just go forward and mm-hmm. forward. And Kim has just stopped him. I mean... There's no way any of these generals, uh, as much as they say we could have won in Vietnam or, you know, carry copies of Marcus or really stuff like McMaster's and, 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 and those fellows do, would ever allow this to happen. China wouldn't allow any nuclear or any sort of thing going on on their border. Uh-huh. I mean, I mean he, has, he has no way out. He's, just, he's like a guy that is somewhere in the mid-game uh, in chess and has really no idea how to control the middle four squares. He's just trying anything that he can yeah. to, to, to appeal to this, whatever it is, 33% base or whatever that he has, who think that they just send in Navy Team Six, SEAL Team Six, and they'll assassinate him, and it'll all be great.
0: So I should, so I should not worry, uh, Alan? Not at
5: all. Okay, oh, not I, at all? I wouldn't. Okay. I, would be, I, I mean, I'm one of the, those people that's more terrified of the insurance since I'm a pre-existing condition person, yeah. I mean, I'm 59. I I, I, I was sick since I was 12. I, I went 47 years without having insurance. I think that's much more terrifying than worrying about anything about North Korea. Uh, but, I, I mean, he I think he just managed to stand off Trump verbally because he knows how to handle a guy like this, whether it's natural or somebody's advising him. You know, or I, I mean, you know, people, there are just the, some people that are just great poker players, born that way. And I think uh, Kim is one of those.
0: Thanks, Alan. I appreciate that call. And I hope you're right. I hope you're right about this standoff. I'm not sure that Donald Trump's ego uh, can stand losing to Kim Jong-un. Uh, and you're right. Uh, Desi uh, types a note here that uh, Trump is the unknown factor. He is. He's he's more of a concern to me, frankly, than Kim Jong un. Uh, speaking of which, by the way, 818 985 5735 is our phone number. You can also tweet me. I am the Brad Blog on the Twitters. This just coming in from the Hill uh, breaking, uh, citing Los Angeles Times. President Trump was reportedly warned by top aides against personally attacking North Korea leader Kim Jong un during his first speech to the UN this week. Two U.S. officials told the LA times that trump's threat to quote totally destroy north korea as well as his dubbing of kim as rocket man were not in a draft of the speech that top officials reviewed the day before trump gave the speech that could explain if any uh, if folks saw those photographs of of uh, trump's chief of staff john kelly sort of doing a facepalm During the address, uh, I mean, I I saw a lot of people were pointing to it and saying, oh, look how exasperated John Kelly is. And I thought to myself, well, John Kelly knows what the the, the speech was. Surely Trump's chief of staff read the speech before it was fed into the teleprompter. Maybe he didn't. Maybe he didn't. Maybe that explains that reaction from uh, from John Kelly. Joseph in Hollywood. Welcome to the broadcast, Joe yeah hi hey
6: um I was just gonna say well I don't really think Trump has the power anyway I think he's just a puppet but I was gonna ask you have you heard of uh, puppet of who, puppet of
0: there? who puppet of who Joseph just curious
6: uh, the real powers behind the president you know
0: who no I don't who, who are the real powers
6: the money powers the the, the, the people who own the federal Reserve you
0: oh, know? okay
6: the, the real those families. All right. I don't want to talk about them too much. I want to talk about. Have you heard of Edward uh, Major Edward Dames? He was doing that whole remote viewing thing with the CIA, oh, and, yes. and now he, yeah, he was saying that the kill shot was going to come after the uh, North Korea uh, detonated uh, a weapon. I was just thinking. He, they were saying that the, a kill shot or something was going to happen after North Korea detonates a nuclear weapon. What if it's Trump or what if it's us that detonates a nuclear weapon? I don't know. It's just something to think about.
0: I, I know, Isn't and I, I remember him from uh, from the Art Bell days. Uh, I wouldn't take too much yeah. from uh, from what Major Ed Dames or wh- whatever his name was uh, says, but I, I appreciate that thought, Joseph. Thank yeah, you.
6: Well, yeah, 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 you know what I wanted to say though. Quick. Um, NASA NASA is lying to us. look up bubbles in space. They're in a swimming pool using green screens. NASA's fake. No
0: no, mo- no moon landing, Joseph? Totally fake? Uh
6: Yeah, no, it's all fake. It's all, all right.
0: Fake. All right. Th- thanks for busting <laughs> right. that wide open here on the broadcast, Joseph. I appreciate that. 818-985-5735 is our phone number. I'll tell you what, I'm running late here. A lot of folks still want to get in. Let me take a quick break. I want to come back, if we can, uh, to play this very short clip from... 1989, as a reminder of a few things, uh, and then more of your calls. I'm Brad Friedman. Don't go away. This is the Bradcast.
1: seen and we're not little children and we know
3: what we want and the future is certain give us time to work it out
0: yeah welcome back to the bradcast brad friedman from bradblog.com Yeah, sometimes it feels like that. Uh, very quickly, get back to your calls. We'll uh, get to a few more of you uh, momentarily. But Desi Doyen, I wanted to uh, very quickly, because I've been trying to play this all week, the U.N. General Assembly has been meeting uh, over the past week, and we are now at the 30th anniversary of the uh, the, the Montreal M- Protocol.
1: The Montreal Protocol, right. That was the international, the first ever international climate treaty that saved the ozone layer. It worked. It totally is the, working. All the
0: nations of the world Came together and actually solved a climate problem,
1: and uh, yeah. And they were led by conservatives, Ronald Reagan and Margaret Thatcher of Mar- the United Kingdom.
0: And here is Margaret Thatcher, 30 years ago. Uh, this is in from 1989. We've played this once or twice over the years, but I think we need to play it a lot more often. Uh, Margaret Thatcher in her UN speech, talking about uh, this could be today. She she could say this today and it would be equally as accurate. Yes,
1: it was signed 30 years ago. Her Mm -hmm. speech is when it went into effect in 1989.
0: 1989. Here's Margaret Thatcher at the U.N.
3: It is mankind and his
1: activities which are
3: changing the environment of our planet in damaging and dangerous ways. The problem of global climate change is one that affects us all and action will only be effective if it's taken at the international level. It's no good squabbling over who is responsible or who should pay. Each country has to contribute, and those countries who are industrialized must contribute more to help those who are not. These protocols must be binding, and there must be effective regimes to supervise and monitor their application.
0: So there's Margaret Thatcher in her speech talking about uh, not just uh, CFCs and the Montreal Protocol, but the fact that carbon emissions were warming the globe. And it was no good squabbling, no good squabbling about who is responsible, that we must all pay, we must all. That's that lefty tree hugger hippie uh, Margaret Thatcher talking about global warming 30 Years ago, and here we are, uh, still fighting about the same idiocy as we are being wiped out by storm after storm. Uh, and then, on top of that, on top of this hurricane season, uh, rolls in Donald Trump, uh, the uh, mentally deranged Donald Trump, as Kim Jong Un describes him. Uh, all right, let qu- a few more of your calls before we have to get out here. Sid in Azusa, welcome to the broadcast. Hey Sid, you're on the air. What's up?
4: Hey, how do you do, sir?
0: I'm very well, good, sir.
4: I, I was wondering if you'd um, if you'd hear this. Hear me out. I might, this might sound kind of funky, but um, I was I was. Does it have
0: to do morning. with whether the uh, whether we faked the moon landing?
4: No, no, no. Okay. It, it has to do with um, kind of the North Korea situation. I, I was a soldier uh, like seven years ago. Now at this point, so I've been out of the service for about seven years. Mm-hmm. And uh, a few months before this whole stuff with north korea with the uh you know the the talking back and forth and stuff before that happened i had a dream i that i if you want to hear it it's quick concise it might be interesting you
0: gotta you gotta go quick because i'm almost at the top of the hour
4: so i'm back in the army in this dream we're fighting an asian enemy where it looked like you know how asia's all new buildings and like the city centers all very new but they were completely bombed out yeah and we were fighting an enemy that was wearing neon green camo and i was thinking what kind of idiots wear neon green camo and they were getting slaughtered we totally decimated them and, and the, the, the the war was quick and guess what i woke up and i looked up who wears neon green camo the only country that wears neon green camo and they're in their fighting is is north korea and this was before any of that went any of this sort of uh, talk back and forth happened so yeah. i just think it's pretty interesting you know if dreams have any sort of premonition um, tendencies you know uh,
0: I, I hope they don't said <laughs> thanks i appreciate uh thanks for the call thanks for uh, sharing your dream and for your service and i hope your dream is uh exactly that nothing more than just a dream or a nightmare let me go to peter in santa monica hey peter welcome to the broadcast yes how are you i'm hey, okay I, i'm
2: good i've got two points and i think one of them will agree on you know the sophisticated leaders, when they start going at each other, it all reverts back to schoolyard bullying. Do mm-hmm. you agree with that?
0: I Well, I think in this case it certainly does.
2: Well, no, it really, in, in all cases, you know. Now,
0: No, I don't it, agree with yeah. that in all cases. I think there are some very smart world leaders uh, who have a lot of different, uh, you know, uh, political stakeholders that they may or may not be yeah. trying to hold, but I don't believe that they all act. They do not all act like schoolyard bullies, uh, they, this they guy do. is it's setting all, a precedent all reverts, all
4: right. it all
2: reverts back to who has the biggest stick okay? okay Now think think about Reagan back in the 80s when Gaddafi was acting up yeah what, what you remember what happened there
0: uh yeah he he bombed uh, Libya uh,
2: no no he bombed Gaddafi's tent killed his wife and his kid yeah. and you know what he yeah. didn't hear one peep from him after that
0: from Gaddafi
2: yes oh yeah he was
0: quiet I, no nobody's he was quiet for no, 20 years. no. Nobody is saying that uh, that 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 military might doesn't work, and especially nuclear might in this power. I mean, this is one of the reasons that North Korea is such a such a concern for the U.S. Yes, they have succeeded in getting nuclear weapons. Nuclear weapons are a deterrent. That's why North Korea doesn't want to get rid of them. Why would they? When you've got a, a blustering, threatening president of the United States threatening to totally destroy your country, why would they want to get rid of of them nuclear weapons work that's why we don't get rid of them that's why the u.s which has more nuclear weapons than anyone in the world we don't want to get rid of ours either but we want everyone else to 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 follow what we want them to do good luck with that mr trump kim very quickly we're uh short on time here but uh welcome to the broadcast kim
6: yes uh thank you uh brad i just want to um confirm your your concerns expressed earlier in the program the situation between trump and north korea is incredibly frightening and horrifying and where's it going to go it could potentially lead to nuclear war and the end of life as we know it on earth and and what is really scary is we have a government in washington that seems to be totally ignorant or hands-off on trump and they're pursuing their own plans to come up with a bill to strip us of health care and they're allowing Trump to function out there in this in totally belligerent way. Uh, if we had a, uh, a good government, the government would be removing Trump from office right now and restoring somebody at the helm who is much more reasonable and not so narcissistic and crazy.
0: Thank you, Kim. appreciate that call. We are uh, we the people. Call your uh, call your congress member, call your senator, 202-224-3121. I gotta get out. My thanks to our producer, Desi Doyan, to my board op today, D'Angelo Jones, and to you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. If you missed any portion of today's show, you can, as ever, download it for free at bradblog.com. Drop me email if you like. I'm Bradcast at Bradblog.com. On the Facebooks and the Twitters, I am simply the BradBlog. We'll be back with you soon. More on Korea, I suspect, in our, uh, com- in our show coming up. Until then, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world.